So lately I've been really intrigued by trying to figure out like a scientist, the common denominators of our most successful artists that we've been so fortunate in meeting, connecting with, and training, and what the similarities between all of them have. Because I think those are some key essential things that all artists can learn from to expand and grow their business and become the authority in their industry, regardless if they're a new artist. What I love about this episode is I had the pleasure of meeting Riley January early this year, and she just came out the gate swinging. One of the things that really made her unique was that she began posting on social media that she was training with us and currently in the training program. And why that's so interesting is that most artists, even though we take a ton of behind the scenes content of our artists training with us that they can then recycle and use however they want to market themselves, a lot of them shy away from posting while they're training. And I believe the reasoning is because they don't want to show people that they're new at something. When we're learning something, we feel humbled by the gap in knowledge, right, of not knowing what we're learning and being new at something and having it feel completely new to us and foreign. And so I think a lot of people in many ways hesitate in posting that they're training on something because they feel insecure and and not super confident because they're new and they're a beginner. And then there's another aspect of artists who probably don't want to post because they think it will somehow influence or affect their ability to sell their business and their services after they're certified. And what I love about Riley is that she didn't have that. She began posting that she was training, that she was new at this. And we dive deeper into the kind of results that she got from taking that risk and how it didn't affect her ability to have people want to book consultations with her and book services from her, regardless of her being quote unquote, a new artist. And we talk about a lot of other myths and distorted beliefs that new artists feel stepping into this industry, such as being from a small town. Riley comes from a small, small farming community. And in camouflage tattooing, I really encourage that our students charge their services for an investment point that is above $500. Typically, camouflage tattooing services can range anywhere between a thousand plus. And I will hear from other artists in the past who will say and make justifications as to why they haven't been able to grow their business and get clientele is because they live in an area or a city that's not that affluent. And that simply is not true. My studio is located in Gilbert, Arizona, and I would say the Beverly Hills of Arizona is Scottsdale. And yet people will fly in from all over the world, literally all over the world, to come train with us and or get services done by us. And I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. So I'm proof that your zip code has nothing to do with your ability to be able to gain clientele and to build your client base. And Riley is another example of that, living in a small farming community where immediately people are willing to fly in to see her because it doesn't matter what city you live in. That's not what sells camouflage tattooing but rather the person that you are. And we dive into the mechanics of that. And so this episode has a ton of wisdom for you to gain. And she's such a sweet artist that I'm pretty sure you're going to love her. So stay tuned. 
Hi, I'm Jade Hernandez, a camouflage tattoo artist and educator. I help beauty bosses effectively market their business and become the authority in their field, close more leads and make more money. In the past six years, I've launched two successful beauty businesses to multiple six figures with over a hundred five-star raving reviews and several media press spotlights. While most marketers will tell you to hustle and work harder for success, I'll show you how to create more value from the inside out so that you work less, make more, and truly expand and transform your business and life. This is the Beauty Expanded Podcast. Riley, it's so great to see you again. I met you in January and now it's June as we're recording this. First of all, I just want to thank you for coming onto the podcast and just sharing with us your story. I know our listeners are going to gain a ton of insight from you. You technically got trained with us in January and it's been six months now and your business has blown up. There's a ton of questions that I want to dive into, but first, why don't we just share with our listeners what you were doing or actually what you are currently doing with camouflage tattooing because you first started off as a lash artist. I am currently 22. I went to cosmetology school whenever I was a junior in high school and then my senior year, even before I graduated, I had my cosmetology license. And then a month after that, I went and got certified down in Columbus, Ohio for lashes. And so now I've been doing lashes around four years. And I wanted to get into permanent makeup, but our area is super oversaturated with microblading and lip blushing and stuff like that. So I wanted something else that was a spin off of that. I started looking into things and I found you. I know because you've shared with me your town. Yeah. Hear a little bit about the city, the town that you live in. I live in New Philly, but the salon is in Sugar Creek and it's just a little farm town that is just so small. Everybody kind of knows everybody. There's tractors driving on the road, horsing buggies all the time. So it's just like a nice little community. That's so cool. So when you transitioned into Lashes, how did you begin to build your books? Everybody wanted to do lashes because four years ago, I feel like is when lashes just started peaking. So there was really no one around here, but maybe one other girl that was doing them. I think that's how I got a head start on it because I was one of the only people doing it. And everybody's like, oh, what's this? I want to try it. And I feel like lash extensions are so addicting. So when we first start getting them, you can't stop. And then I was on Instagram a lot. I was staying and just sharing kind of like all of the time. I know from personal experience, being a lash client of my lash artist, yeah, it's almost like your lash girl is everything, right? You're just so addicted to it. It becomes a consistent routine for most people who get their lashes done. When you were doing lashes and you were thinking about getting into camouflage tattooing, were you afraid that your clients were not going to be supportive because people get very territorial with their lash artists? That's actually so funny. Yeah, my girls were begging me. They're like, you can never stop doing lashes. They were very supportive. I was surprised, but a lot of people were like, you're not not doing my lashes. I will come in whenever you want me to. I like the closeness of doing lashes. I like having that relationship with my clients. They come back every two to three weeks. I know everything about their life. And I feel that's one thing with camouflage tattooing that I'm kind of going to miss if I stop doing lashes is the closeness with the clients. But I do plan whenever I get busier with camouflage tattooing to at least lash one day a week still because I really do enjoy it. Awesome. 
Was there something about lashes that wasn't fulfilling a need for you that then led you to look into camouflage tattooing? I'm just curious as to what was the reasoning for you? Because it sounds like you were doing pretty well with your lash clientele. There weren't a lot of people doing it. What was that reasoning that led you to think about adding more services under your brand? Well, with lashes, I really do enjoy it, but I always like to switch things up. And that was the really nice thing for a little bit with doing hair and doing lashes. I flipped back and forth from that. And I also had tried to add spray tans or facials and stuff, and I never really stuck with it or loved it. But I I always like having something else that I can alternate back and forth with so I don't get bored, I guess you could say, like doing one thing. And also, I definitely was wanting to look into something with a higher ticket price too, just for futures and stuff like that. Yeah, that totally makes business sense. What makes your situation so unique is that I'm assuming you had already been through some training programs, education, schools. So when you were looking into camouflage tattooing, having some of that experience already under your belt, what would you say, especially for someone new that's thinking about learning how to train, not even with us, just simply train for a permanent makeup program? What were some things that you knew what to look for being a student in the past of other training programs. So whenever I did look up the camouflage tattoo and you were one of the very first people that popped up. So I was not necessarily skeptical, but I was okay, I feel like she has to be good. And then I started going through like for my lash class example, I did that in Columbus. My cousin's also a lash artist. So she gave me information for the person that she did. But it was definitely very chintzy and basic. And I did not leave that class feeling confident whatsoever. I have family members like, oh, practice on me, practice on me. And I was, I'm scared. Because for the one thing with lashes, she had a, us tape one of the eyes down and then she taped down the other one. And I glued this girl's eyelashes, like her eyes shut together. And the lady didn't walk me through how to undo it. She just did it herself and didn't tell me anything. And I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh, if that happens when I'm in my studio, what am I going to do? So with you, there was a lot of information and your YouTube videos. Those were very helpful. Just going through and you're super educated. I looked at you for probably three to four months before I was for sure this is something that I wanted to do. And it was super expensive. So I wanted to make it it worth it. And I feel before, as I was younger, I kind of just jumped into whatever. So I'm like, oh yeah, that would be cool. But it's more of an investment and you need to make sure where you're going is going to provide the things that you need it to do. Yes. I love that. I think all of us can relate, including myself, where we've impulsively have made a decision because we want something and we want to start now. We're action takers. And then we realize, oh shoot, we should have probably had a little bit more discernment or researched a little bit more. But I also believe that you don't know what you don't know. And so oftentimes those experiences where we have impulsively made a decision and maybe not had done a lot of background research or checks that we end up learning what to look for. And so for a new artist or a new aspiring artist that's listening to this, whether they're wanting to go into lashes, permanent makeup, camouflage tattooing, or something in the beauty industry, are there any tips that you would suggest that they look into before they fully commit? I would definitely say check all of the social media. I went on your website. I read everything on your website, top to bottom. You have to scan those things to realize if they actually know what they're talking about. And I feel for you, you're super confident showing things. So to me, just looking at your page, you're already confident in your work. So that made me feel you'd be confident enough to teach me. 
And I feel that's really important because I do see a lot of people that are just posting, oh, come train with me. And it's kind of basic and there's nothing like information. Or I will say with yours too, this was probably one of the big things is there is a person around here that does training and she'll be like, do you want to make six figures in a year? And I feel that's just giving people empty promises. Oh, you're going to make this much right away. And for you, you said that there was a potential of making that, but you also had to work towards that. So I feel you, you already came out of the gate. You're super honest about what you could provide for us and things like that versus you can make six figures after one class of doing this, this, and this. So I feel that was probably one of the main things too. Yeah, that's definitely useful. I also remember when I met you, Riley, you had flown out to Arizona, spent a week with us, and you were kind of nervous. You had some hesitation. Oh my gosh, I was so scared. I was intimidated by you. I was like, I don't know if we're going to vibe together at all. I was just very concerned. And as soon as I walked in and I saw you and you gave me a hug, I was like, okay, I'm good. We're good. And that makes sense, right? To be a little bit skeptical. You even brought your brother and your best friend with you, which is yes. you were so supportive. What were some of your, and you can be fully honest, what were some of your biggest struggles? Honestly, taking the notes. For some reason, when we had those FAQs, I was trying not to cry because I couldn't keep up because I'm just such a slow writer. That was the one part that I'd ever got super frustrated. Like in the classes, I just felt like I didn't have enough time taking notes. But I'm also a slow writer beforehand anyway. So it wasn't necessarily anything you were doing wrong. It's just one of those things that made me a little frustrated, I guess. But I feel for the most part that I'm serious. I feel like that is the only complaint I would have. No, and that's really useful for me to hear because it's so easy for someone to take a voice recording as well. So maybe in my next class, they can record me answering the FAQs. And then if they want to write it down later that evening, they can. So at least they have it. So thank you so much for sharing that. I had no idea. (laughs) Easy, easy fix. That's a great answer. So let's fast forward to today. It is now you're trained, you're certified, you're balancing your lashes and camouflage tattooing. Can you share with me, how are you carving out that time to do camouflage tattoos? Or what were some of the first, first key steps that you took right after you got back home? So whenever I got back home, like the first main thing that I had to do was get in contact with our health department, which luckily for me, Ohio isn't super strict. So it took two weeks to fill out the application, turn it in. And then someone came and checked my room and I was good to go. I currently only work three days with lashes. So I work Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. My game plan from the beginning was just to pick up on Tuesdays and Thursdays for consults where I have people coming in because they're just empty days. So before I become super consistent with camouflage tattooing and decide to take a day away from lashes, I was going to come in on my days off to start building the base of it. And I have started outsourcing a little bit because the social media, I feel, is a little bit tricky for me right now because I don't really know necessarily who or what to target because I still have lash content I want to post. But then I have camouflage tattooing, but I feel like my books are already full with lashes. So I don't know necessarily if I need to keep posting a lot of lash stuff. I don't know. I feel like right there is kind of what I'm struggling with. But I have one of my friends helping me with a lot of the social media. She's making me a website right now and all kinds of stuff like that because that's what she went to school for. Honestly, it was pretty smooth going into this. I feel like I had already set myself up for that prior because I knew this is something that I was wanting to do. So I kind of started arranging my schedule even before I had came out to take the class. That's awesome, Riley. 
Have you been able to transition some of your lash clients into camouflage tattoo clients? Yes. A lot of the girls, though, I will say, because I was kind of thinking how you said, when is your busiest season for camouflage tattooing? Summertime. Yeah, because I feel like in Arizona, you kind of stay inside because it's so hot in summer. But around here, we're out boating and going swimming and stuff like that. So I've been looking a lot of people out for more fall and winter because there's a lot of people that have trips and stuff. I probably have six to seven girls lined up for October and September because they'll come in and talk to me. I'm like, okay, when do you have a vacation? Do you plan on getting super tan? What do you want? What are your expectations for the summer? And if they aren't too worried and not wanting to get in right away then we just push it off so then we're all ready and prepped by that time if that makes sense yes and that even just reminds me that as you're lashing your clients you're already there with them in person so i'm assuming that that makes it really easy for you to check out their scars and stretch marks right then and there kind of do a mini consult with them to be able to pre-book them for the fall Yes, because they'll walk in and they'll be like, what about this on my arm? I have this scar, this, this, and this. And it is, it's very helpful because they're already in there. They don't have to make an extra trip out. And I haven't really figured out the whole Zoom consultation yet. I'm kind of working on that because Zoom confuses me a little bit. I'm still trying to figure that out, but I do prefer them coming in in person for sure. And it's been nice to just be able to, like you said, work and touch on the skin and be able to see what you're actually working with. Because sometimes when they send pictures or probably even on Zoom, you can't really see everything that you can see in person. Yes, I agree. And if Zoom is confusing, sometimes I'll just FaceTime them as well. But I do try to have a separate business line versus my personal, even though I get all the business texts through my phone regardless. For whatever reason, there's this boundary that I'm able to step back and not feel like someone has immediate access to me 24-7. So that's something to think about, too, is you can always do FaceTime because I don't know how you're doing it right now. I just have my personal cell phone, but I will say a lot of people contact me through Instagram and Facebook on my business page. My brother has talked to me about getting a separate business line. And I think that's something that I'm going to look into because I definitely, my phone will be going off a lot and it just needs to have a separation for sure because it makes you feel a little bit better. And then there's also more structures for your clients so they understand that you do have business hours and it's not necessarily like on you 24-7. Yes, it's good to establish those boundaries right off the bat before you become too busy, overwhelmed, burnt out, all that stuff. And that also reminds me, Riley, for the listeners that don't know, when we do our training programs, we really like to take a ton of behind the scenes content because that's really what helps me establish booked consultations even before I came home because I had traveled when I had trained the very first time I trained on camouflage tattooing. And before I even landed back into Arizona, I already had three DMs wanting to book a consult. So that's something that we like to extend to our students is we take a lot of behind the scenes content of them training so that way they have content that they can begin to produce in reels or whatever, showing people what camouflage tattooing is and be able to create a montage that works for them. One of the things that makes Riley so unique is that you took the content and you immediately started posting the day of your training. So she broke it down as day one, day two, day three, Can you just share a little bit more about the thought process behind that? Like, what was your strategy? Why did you do it? Which I think is great, but not everyone does that, even though we give everyone the same tools and the same content. And then tell us a little bit about you going viral too. Yes. So I already had been posting consistently on social media with lashes and stuff like that. And I was just super excited because it was so different that I wanted people to know right away that I was 
getting certified in something like that because I feel like it's super eye-catching and that it was important. And I also feel since the information was so fresh that what I was learning and I had all the notes from that day, it was so easy. You literally made it so easy for us. We had the pictures. I literally went back to my Airbnb, put a little video together, went through all the information that we learned that day, picked out my favorite things and what I thought was very uh, important for people to know and kind of start leaning into the camouflage tattooing world. I really wanted to hit that because I feel like a lot of times when people start new things, they don't really educate. They're just like, oh, look what I'm doing. But I wanted a lot of questions to be answered right off the bat. I felt like that was super important. And that's why I had a girl start coming in whenever I do camouflage tattooing. She comes in and takes pictures and videos and stuff. I feel it just makes a world of a difference. I normally do it once I get home from work, whenever I put a reel together or something like that, it would be so much easier if you already had it and it's good angles because you got to know what looks best and stuff like that. So basically one of the, it went viral on my Facebook business page. It was the same video I posted on Instagram, which I probably got like 200 likes on Instagram. And then on Facebook, it got a lot of attention and it kind of scared me because obviously there's always negative people. What the heck are you making the stretch marks look worse? And it's hard to decipher who you're going to respond to because you don't want people not to have answers, but also people are just being on there to be negative. So it was super overwhelming, but I was excited as well. Was your following and your engagement typically on Facebook or would you say that you're more active and engaged on Instagram? One of my clients, she's super big into social media. And she had told me because I had my Instagram set up as if I had posted something on Instagram and instantly posted on Facebook. And she told me to stop doing that, to go on Facebook and repost the same thing, not just have it generate and do it itself because she said it always gets more attention and it goes through a different whatever it does. So I started doing that and I feel like I have been getting more progress and growth on Facebook versus Instagram. So now I've been honing in on that, giving my attention more to Facebook and giving it more TLC, I guess you could say. But originally it was Instagram was my main first, like where I started everything. See, I love hearing that because a lot of people are very dependent on one social media platform. And I always tell people, you got to think of it like dating and not put all your eggs in one basket. I love hearing that because it sounds like most of your engagement was on Instagram and yet you still did post on Facebook. And then nobody ever knows why or how or what the true recipe is in going viral. But it just so happened that your Facebook ended up getting picked up and that's where you got a ton of engagement. And it's interesting because I remember Riley, you had texted me. You're like, should I answer all these questions? Because so many people were making comments. And I believe when you sent it to me, you had over a thousand views on like a hundred comments or something, right? Yeah. And it it still grew from there. I'm not sure what it's like sitting at right now. But yeah, it's a lot when you're used to just getting like a hundred or two hundred likes and a few comments here and there. Like it was kind of a shock for sure. When we talk about conversions, because there's vanity metrics, vanity metrics is the likes and the comments, which is all great, but it doesn't really make a ton of business sense. I could care less about vanity m- metrics in the sense of like how many followers I have, when really the, the data that's more important to me is how many of those followers can I convert into actually booking a consultation with me and meeting with me. And so out of all the followers, the engagement, the comments, how many DMs would you say actually converted into? booking consults with you? 
So from Facebook, that's where I got my lead from the girl from Wisconsin because she saw me and she didn't even know that I was in Ohio because she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I've been looking for something like this and didn't know what to do. And she's like, where are you at? And I was like, in Ohio. And she's like, oh my gosh, how did I find you? And I was like, I don't know. That's just how it works sometimes. But I would say I probably got five leads from that and I had four of them book. That's great. That's great. That's awesome, Riley. And then what have you been doing since then to continue building up leads? Right now, I feel I'm at a standstill, I guess you could say, because I probably have four to five clients healing right now. And I definitely really noticed whenever I had posted my models healed results from Arizona that I had so many people reaching out because they actually saw it and got to see it before and after. So I'm super excited to see my clients healed and be able to make posts from that, which I still have content that I need to post. Just It's just basically the before and afters, and I don't want to keep doing that. I want to have a healing photo to give and show this is what it actually can do, not just look scary right after it's done. I have probably two people within the next two weeks should be completely healed. So I'll have them come in. So I'll be able to take some pictures and stuff. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. So the other question I want to ask you, babe, is going back to when you were training with us and beginning to post content. One of the things that I'll hear from some of our students and other artists is that they almost want to wait until everything is perfect, until they start getting clients, oh, until their studio is all set up perfectly, until their logo's done, until their clients fully heal before they post. And I've been doing a ton of reflecting lately on the students that have become really successful at an accelerated pace. And what were those common denominators between you, between Tatiana, who we just had on our podcast, And one of the things that I noticed, and this also happened with me as well, is that regardless of perfection, we just immediately started putting ourselves out there. Would you say that that's been true for you? What are some of those key takeaways, those key elements, would you say would help push past that fear of it's not perfect right now, so therefore I can't post? My biggest thing is I knew it wasn't all going to be together right away, but I also feel like for me, I love just watching the process. I feel it makes them be able to connect with you on a different level instead of just being, oh, hey, I'm offering this now. No, they were watching the videos of you getting trained and learning information about it and taking them along the journey. And I feel like it's really important to have that connection with people because a lot of people don't do that. They kind of, like you said, wait until everything's perfect. and that's what all social media is like yeah, everything's oh this is so perfect but people want to see the role you working towards getting where you want to be not just make it look so easy yes riley and you just proved too the other flawed belief that if i look like i'm training and i'm new at this therefore that won't let people feel confident in booking with me which is a complete fallacy because you literally posted that you were training on this Did you have people reach out to you and say, like, you're new at this. Why would I want to book with you? You're brand new. Honestly, I don't think I ever got that from anybody. I feel with the materials and the tools that you gave me that I was really confident whenever I got back and confident in the skill and everything that you taught me that I was able to portray that because I feel if you come off timid and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know, maybe it would work for you. No, you have to know and act and tell them and know what you're doing to make them 
believe in you and be confident. So if you're not doing that, then I feel like that's where you could get those questions at. But I feel like you just have to stand your ground and be like, I am the professional, even though I just got trained. I can tell you everything I know. Yes. And you've already proven that regardless of you showcasing that you were training and that you're brand new at this, you still got five DMs. You still got clients from that that actually converted into sales. So being able to make sales has no correlation on whether you're new at something. I always give the example to someone who's just graduated from Princeton or Harvard. Do you think that they work for free just because they graduated from college? No. If anything, they usually probably have a higher salary based on the education that they had invested in, like the caliber of education. I think that that's a really great example to listeners and aspiring artists to hear that is you were posting right as you were training. Whereas I think a lot of people that I come across are afraid to post that they're training because they don't want people to think that they're new. But like you said, it's the connection. The connection breeds the trust. And if people don't trust you, they more often than not don't have a connection with you. And then that's when when things are seemingly perfect and you really start putting yourself out there and saying that you're now offering these services. I think that's where things can feel a bit kind of salesy is because there's a gap there's a lack in connection there and then now all of a sudden you're convincing people to hire you to do the service yes and it was definitely super crazy the feeling that i felt when i came back from arizona was so nice and refreshing because like i said whenever i took my latch class when i was going home and like oh crap i'm starting a business i didn't even want to take clients but being trained with you and having like when you had to sit there and work with me a little bit with the linger lines and we did on the board. That was so helpful. As soon as we went over to Little Dry Race Board and you're like, no, you need to do this, this, and this or whatever. I was like, okay. But like I felt so confident going home and I feel like that's definitely because of you and your training program. And I feel a lot of people don't necessarily ever really hit that on the head. It was really nice coming back and feeling, okay, I am confident and capable of doing this, which with lashes, I just kind of had to wing it. Like it was weird. Yeah, I love hearing that. Well, thank you so much. And obviously, you said your model healed great. Um, where is she at? Have you done your touch-up session on her? Does she even need one? So I think on her left leg, she does need a touch-up session, but she has a couple of vacations coming up. So we're just waiting until fall because she wasn't in a rush to get him. She was so impressed with her first session results that we were like, okay, we can just put it off and do that whenever it gets a little cooler, more folly time here. I love that, Riley. You said that you'll always want to do lashes. And I get that because I feel like your lash girl, because you see them on a bi-weekly basis or even weekly basis, they do know all the small details in your life versus with camouflage tattooing, even though I'm still connected to my clients, I'm not seeing them as frequently. So I don't know all the little small details of their life. But what are some of your goals by the end of the year? Are you planning on doing this 50-50, 80-20? Like, how does this look like for you? I would hope to, by the end of the year, to take at least one day away from lashes. So I'm not necessarily always coming in on my days off, but I feel my business will take off more because I feel like that's going to be the season here in Ohio where people are going to be wanting to get this type of stuff done. But yeah, I feel like I'm kind of just going with the flow and I would hope to at least be able to do lashes two days and then have a for sure day of people for camouflage and eventually keep building that. Have you thought about hiring someone to help with your lash clients? Yeah. So actually, I've been thinking about that. A few of my clients are in esthetician school and they're not really quite sure what they want to do. That's the biggest reason why it's really hard for me to pull back from lashes because 
we are from a small town, so there's not very many people that do do lashes. So I, they're my little babies. Like I don't want to just give them to anybody. So if I'm going to do that. I definitely want to train somebody how I do them. So I know that they're going to be good set for that. I definitely need to look into that more. It's very hard to balance the both of them. So I do need to draw back more with lashes because it was so funny. Whenever I started doing camouflage, I've been doing it on Thursdays normally. So after that, I was like, I kind of don't want to lash on Friday. I just want to do more camouflage tattooing. I just love it. It feels so natural and I'm not nervous and I love what I do with that. So yeah, and I'm sure it's a different change of pace too when it comes to your time. My lash girl, she's got a client booked every 45 minutes type of deal. Whereas with camouflage tattooing, you can ease into it a little bit more and sink into it because you're not taking clients every hour by the hour. Yes, which is super nice because that's kind of what I do. I have back-to-back appointments whenever I do do lashes to be able to work three days. I normally work 10 to 12-hour days and they're just like back-to-back, which I do like that because I'm like done and over with. But I do love being able to when my camouflage client comes in, I can just sit there and talk to them and just chat, debrief and whatever, ever sign our papers. And then we just, like you said, like slowly transition to that. And it is really nice to be able to do a bit slower because I didn't realize how much I would like it because I was so used to being such fast paced with the lashes. I love it. I also wanted to just remind everyone too, because Riley, she's working from a small town. And I also think that's a great myth too, that in order to be successful in this business and offer a high ticket service, such as camouflage tattooing, that you must be at the Beverly Hills area of your town, your state, your city. And that's simply not true because Riley is having people willing to fly in to come see her. And she lives in a small town. And that's probably something that you never realized either. No, I was actually so thrown off from that lady from Wisconsin. And she's like, yeah, like, I still want to book a consult with you. I was like, I don't know, Arizona is, I guess, like more desirable. I would rather go to Arizona than visit some small town. But it's not necessarily that they're coming to Ohio, but they're coming to me. So it doesn't really matter the location that I'm at. Yes, I love that. That's so cool. Well, before we end the episode, I want to be respectful of your time. You just shared so much and was so willing and open, which I love. And I know that people are going to find valuable. The other question I have for you is just so that they know. So you've been doing this for about six months. What's your projected timeline on being able to make back your training investment? Because that's always something that I geek about too, is just to kind of see Like, how quickly can I make back this investment of my training? So therefore, from this point on, it is literally 100% profit. Yeah. So I would say by the end of the year, if not probably at the beginning of next year, growing a business takes time. And I know that. So I'm trying not to be hard on myself because it takes time because I've been doing lashes for four years. Of course, I'm going to have a full book of clients that I love so much. And that's just like another process that I'm going to have to do. So I never was really in a rush for that. But I do think that either by the end of this year or the end of January that I will make back what I invested in the class for sure, which is exciting. Yes, it's really exciting because if you think about the time that you're investing to make back that investment, you're only doing this part time. You're doing this one, two days a week at the most. So I think that's awesome because if you were focusing on this full time, you would more than likely be able to fit more people in much sooner. So I think that's great, babe. I think that's a fast track or timeline. Yes, for sure, which I like it. (laughs) Well, I'm loving your success. I love watching you grow. You're obviously part of our mentorships. And that's the other thing is Riley is always really consistent in showing up for those monthly coaching calls. 
Before we end this episode, is there anything that you would love to share? I'm going to obviously share where people can find you, but is there anything that you would love to share to an aspiring artist that's thinking about getting into the beauty industry? Any advice or any encouragement that you would offer them? I would definitely say you just have to keep going even when there's bad days. Sometimes a client can throw you on your butt and you're like, why the heck am I doing this? But you just have to sit down and reflect and be like, okay, I can fix this, this, and this. And you have to just always keep pushing forward. It's actually kind of funny because my mom can always pick up whenever I had a bad day at work. And now she's always like, well, I think you should text Jade because I know that she always like hypes you up and helps you and talks to you and stuff. So having a mentor like you has changed the game a lot too, because it's like, With lashes, I didn't have anybody like that. If I had questions, I had to look it up on Google. If I have questions, I have you in my phone. I can text you whenever and you're always there to be able to help. And that is a huge thing for sure. I love that. And I definitely have mentors in my life too, but I'm honored to be your mentor. And I love it when my students reach out to me, which by the way, right, you can reach out to me anytime for those bad days. I don't think I've caught you on a bad day. I think you've you've just reached out asking questions, but absolutely, if you feel like throwing in the towel or jumping off the cliff that's when you yes. that's when you reach out for support because we've all been there before I've had those days too where I've been completely burnt out and even just having a mentor tell me I think you're burnt out and you need some time off has made all the difference yeah I agree and I feel right now I'm kind of at that point where I'm a little bit burnt out but I go on vacation next week so I'm really looking forward for a refresh because I feel it's been really hard for me to want to post on social media because when I'm done with work I just want to go home and chill so I feel like I do need to just have my little break and I'm excited for after vacation because I feel like I'm just going to be recharged and ready to go. Yes. And social media is not going anywhere. I don't notice a dip either. I'll take a week or a weekend and not post. Actually, I think the longest I've not posted is maybe like two weeks. And I don't think it's affected my business whatsoever. When you think about it, you got to value your time, your mental health more than your business, because that is essentially the cornerstone of your business. If you're burnt out, you're not going to be your best. You're not going to be your most patient, at least for me speaking personally with clients. So it's really important that I have those breaks and it really doesn't affect business at all. Yes. And I feel like that's the whole reason why you work is to be able to take some time off and enjoy yourself when you own a business. It's hard to remember that because you're like, I have this, this and this to do, but you just have to slow and pump the brakes for a second and be like, okay, I need to worry about myself right now. Yes, I agree. All right, babe. Well, that's the end of our episode. Real quick, do a quick shout out where people can interact with you, let you know what they thought of this episode and follow you. Okay, so my Instagram is at rpbeauty underscore and my Facebook is also rpbeauty. Well, thanks so much, Riley. And I will catch you listeners on the next one. Bye. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd love to connect and help you more. If you have a question you'd like for me to answer, please send it to jade at studioconceal.com. That's J-A-Y-D at studioconceal.com. And I might highlight it on my podcast. I find what's often personal is most general. So if this episode helped you, please share it with a friend who may need the encouragement and inspiration. I'll catch you on the next one.